Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, are you ready for the word of God? All right, we're going to be going to 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter to begin with. And let me set us up. We are in a series for as long as the Lord allows about, you know, talking about different Bible characters and what we can learn through the lives of each one of these characters. We know that the Word of God was written for our sakes. The Bible says when talking about Abraham, that all the things that Abraham did were not written just for his sake as though it's some historical account or some record of his achievements, but rather they were written for our sake, the Bible says, upon whom the end of the world has come. And if you look around, we are closer to the end of the world today than ever before. And uh, I believe that Jesus is coming soon, but whether he comes soon, you know, uh, for the whole world or just, you know, um, uh, or, or whether he waits for, you know, uh, for another thousand years. Nonetheless, he's coming for me in my lifetime and you in your lifetime. So for that, Jesus is coming soon. The ends of the world are upon us. And the Bible was written to give us a roadmap, not just a historical account. You've heard me say this before, but rather a roadmap, a roadmap for life. I have learned the lessons from God's Word in watching how other people approached situations, circumstances, asked you know, uh, for answers, went through disappointments, you know, had great achievements, and what they did as God interacted with them. Some of the teachings from God's Word can show us what we should do, and some teachings should show us, can show us what we should not do. Both of those lessons are valuable lessons. In fact, I would encourage you to learn from many teachers without respect to what you may be going through and uh, where you may be in life right now, whether you have a great boss or a, or a boss that's not so good, or whether you're in a class that's wonderful or, or a class that's not great, whether someone in your life is doing you good or doing you harm, you can learn. You may as well learn something. You're going through it anyway. Wouldn't it be terrible to go through all of the difficult things that life can afford and never learn one thing? Life is designed to teach us. And when we have this Word of God, the Bible is not just a perfect history story, but it is also a perfect road map. You can find yourself in the characters of the Bible. If you're going through something, let me encourage you. Search the Word of God to find someone that was going through something similar and see what the principles were in their lives that helped them to be successful or what the principles could have been in their life that would have helped them be successful. And then just simply do that. This is one of God's great forms of instruction, correction, you know, reproof, rebuke, encouragement, it's the Word of God. It is able to build us up and to give us inheritance among the saints in light. Well, last week we studied a Bible character. One of the Bible characters I so dearly love. Her name was J.L., you may remember. And J.L. taught us to be great in our ordinary. She taught us the necessity of being prepared. Many are called, as Jesus said, but few are chosen. The difference between being called and chosen is often the individual taking the opportunity life gives them to be prepared to be chosen. 
You know, uh, this is just the reality. God looks around for people who are prepared. He is able to give grace. He is able to, to, to make us able. But one of the things that, uh, that he leaves to us is our faithfulness. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, those things that I have taught you, commit those things to faithful people whom God will make able. You know, God will make you able in the day of necessity, but only you can offer Him your faithfulness. When we are willing and when we are faithful, God uses us. And God wants to use us more. Tonight we're going to be looking at the life. In fact, we're going to look at the whole life of one of my favorite Bible characters. This, this person has taught me so much in life, taught me a lot of things to do, and taught me a lot of things not to do, okay? And uh, this particular Bible character is King David, okay? Uh, he lived about a thousand years before Christ, a thousand to a thousand and fifty years before Christ. And um, we're going to look at his whole life. Where we first find this character, David, is he's a little boy, and we find him in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. The prophet Samuel has gone to his daddy's house because God said, I'm going to anoint one of Jesse's sons as the new king of Israel. Well, uh, David was not well thought of. He was just a young boy, and he was sent out into the fields to tend the sheep while all the other sons who were, you know, uh, uh, some of Jesse's pride and joy, you know, uh, they were presented to Samuel to see if they could be the king. Well, Samuel saw none there. So he asked Jesse, do you have another child? And Jesse said, well, I do, but he's just a ruddy little boy. He's just a, you know, he's the, he's the youngest and he's the smallest. And, you know, um, he didn't say it, but later it would be said, none of us think very much of him. You know, <laughs> the prophet Samuel said, send for him. We're not going to eat till he gets here. You can read it in 1 Samuel 16. So they send for David, and when David gets there, look what Samuel does. In, in verse number 13 of 1 Samuel 16, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Wow! <laughs> from that day forward, from, from, from the time he was just a young boy, when no one thought anything of him... The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He was anointed with, with, with oil by the prophet Samuel. And, you know, he, he was anointed to be king. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. Well, you say, what can you learn from David's life? He was anointed to be king as a little boy. I mean, you know, he lived a charmed life. What in the world could we learn from someone who, you know, uh, I mean, come on now. I mean, he was... He was the king, God, he was chosen by God uh, as, as, as this little boy. What could we learn from his life? Many people imagine that just because God chooses you, just because God favors you, just because you're a child of God, that you really don't have any problems. Sometimes people can look at someone in the end of their life and, and see what they've achieved and never imagine the things that they went through. Well, 
I have made a list. I wanted to look at the whole life of David uh, tonight, and the only way I could do that, you know, we can't turn to every scripture, and we can't read the volume uh, of, uh, committed uh, to, to David's life and all the things that he went through, so I made a list, and I think there are 50 things here, okay? Uh, you know, uh, we, we'll just review this little boy's charmed life, and uh, this should encourage you, okay? Uh, you know, how could he possibly, how could David ever have, you know, faced a bad day? How could he, be, he ever have had to recover from something? You know, he can't understand what I'm going through. Well, let's, let's read his charmed life. First of all, the Bible tells us that David was a victim of child abuse and neglect. Really? Yeah. You know, he was left out as a little boy all night out in the wilderness. He was attacked by bears and lions. I mean, come on now. If we did that to our children today, I mean, have any of you gone through that? No. Uh, his foster parent, David's foster parent, threw a spear at him. David was forced to endure demeaning and divisive sibling rivalry. David's motives were continually investigated and questioned by everyone. David was recruited to fight Goliath and join the military as a minor. And uh, he didn't even get parental consent. He was conspired against to be killed in battle by his own superior. David's father-in-law tried to kill him. His wife was taken from him, and, and, and he was, uh, she was granted a divorce without him even knowing about it or even having a chance to show up at court. His wife remarried one of his war buddy subordinates, one of the men that used to work for David. His wife just, you know, was given to him. David lost his high-paying job and his credibility. He became an unemployed homeless bum. In fact, uh, what David did caused his mother and father to become homeless. David was wrongly convicted of treason. His life choices uh, 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 caused others around him to suffer. You know, uh, he began an outcast gang and David became a gang leader of everyone that was in debt and distressed and everyone that was discontent. He was their gang leader, about 600 men. And David was a fugitive from justice uh, for well over a decade. He worked as a secret double agent in a foreign country. Uh, David was even captured and jailed by the enemy and then uh, David offered a plea of insanity and even acted crazy in front of everybody, and he was acquitted and then expelled from the kingdom. Uh, David's best friend died young. David's wife and children and friends and uh, uh, his friends' wives and children were kidnapped and taken hostage. David ran a political campaign, but was not elected. Uh, isn't that amazing? Only one tribe, the tribe of Judah, elected him, and all the rest of Israel said no. Even though they didn't have a king, they said, no, we don't want him. It was like being the only person on the ballot and not winning. <laughs> and then David remarried his first wife. Uh, and uh, then his wife was barren. And then David took up uh, the lifestyle of a polygamist. And uh, David's daughter was raped by one of his sons. 
And then David, listen to this now, this is funny, but this is what I wrote. David became a peeping Tom. Yeah, he was standing on his roof, looking on the other roof, at a naked woman taking a shower, and he didn't quit looking. He ended up committing adultery with her. And David also experienced incest in his own family. He betrayed and murdered one of his closest friends and supporters, a guy that was in his army, such a, a wonderful man. One of David's sons was murdered by one of his other sons. Uh, David's newborn child died because David committed sin. David had to judge and banish his firstborn son from his kingdom. David's friends betrayed him. David's father-in-law betrayed him. David's children betrayed him. He lost his kingdom, his throne, and late in life, David lost his job. He was publicly ridiculed. He was pelted with rocks. David's wife was raped. When David was old, he became homeless. Then one of David's wives put David to shame, and well, one of David's sons, rather, put David to shame by sleeping with ten of David's wives in public. David also battled an employee takeover. David's firstborn died in a senseless war. David's troops rebelled against his leadership. Uh, David passed, uh, 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 you know, uh, he was passed over by God to build the church. David wanted to build a church, and David wanted to build a house for God, and God said, no. I mean, God even sent a prophet to David to say, to say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Did I ever ask you to do that? Really gotten on to by the prophet of God. Uh, David ended up losing circulation in his body. He was growing old, and David became feeble and unable to take care of himself. David went through a second attempt by a different son to take over his kingdom. When David was sick, one of his sons ran a coup against him. And near the end of David's life, David faced what every parent feels. He had to choose, he was forced to choose between his children. David ended up giving up his throne, stepping down, and David died. Now all of these things happened after David had been anointed to be the king of Israel. All of these things happened after the Word of God said that God had found a man after his own heart. All of these things happened to David after he became a favored, chosen vessel of God. You might say, Pastor, that is depressing. You know, it would be if it wasn't for the fact that David teaches us a lesson in every one of these circumstances, bar none. In everything that life offered him, and every time the devil tried to kill him, and every time this world tried to destroy him, and every person that came up against him, in every betrayal, in every disappointment, in every failure, in every you know, uh, frustration that David had, 
whether he caused it himself or whether someone else caused it, uh, 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 did it to him. David teaches us a lesson in every one of these. And that's why I believe that David is one of the most prolific godly characters in all the Word of God. That's why God chose David, because he knew something about David. David was a man after God's own heart. It did not mean that David was perfect, and no one is except Jesus Christ. Jesus was perfect, still is, in every way. In his earthly life and ministry, in his pre-existent, pre-incarnate deity, and also since his resurrection, perfect in his coming again and in his eternity. Jesus is perfect. He was a perfect man, the perfect son of God and the perfect son of man. But David and no one else is. David caused himself a lot of trouble by making bad decisions. But that, God said, did not weigh in to David's heart. Over and over and over, we see David doing the same thing over and over and over. In every trial, in every tribulation, in every circumstance, every situation, David shows us how to respond to life. I didn't cover all of the wonderful things that David did all of the amazing things that David did, from bringing back the Ark of the Covenant to the house of God, from dancing before the Lord and writing the Psalms and lifting up the praises of God, from all of the, of the marvelous Psalms that we have, all of the Word. You know, God chose David to be that root, to be that from which Jesus would come as the offspring of David, called the son of David, not for all the bad things he did, but rather for the heart he had and for the one thing David continued to do. I know you're, you're wondering, well, what in the world is it? I mean, my goodness, is there anyone that ever lived that's worse than David? Is there any person that knows God that did as much as David did or, or had as much happen to him as he did or, or you know, uh, uh, all these people were against him? Well, you know, the Bible says, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You've heard me say this before, perhaps, whenever people tell me, well, well I'm not being persecuted and I'm going to say, uh, reckon why? Because if you stand up for Almighty God, if you stand up for Jesus Christ, if you stand up for what is right, not just what is right in the eyes of man. Lean not to your own understanding. Okay? You know, if God had a megaphone, most likely we would not be hearing um, all the things we're hearing today. That would not be God's first priorities of things that need to be fixed. In fact, God does have a megaphone today. Okay? And uh, perhaps you have also heard me say that I am one of his megaphones. You know, you can be one of his megaphones. There are ministers, there are people who are teaching the word of Almighty God. They are teaching this word all over the world. They're teaching the unapologetic word of Almighty God. The Bible says that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, let me encourage you where your knee should bow and what your tongue should confess.
Jesus. Jesus is Lord. No one else is. No one else can make you say anything or bow to anything else. That's been tried over and over and over. You know, God is against those who would try to make you bow your knee to something other than Jesus Christ. Or to make some confession that something else is Lord or ruler or supreme in your life except Jesus and His Lordship. What did David do that made him God's choice? No. What can we read about David? Well, we're going to go to Psalms chapter 27. And I believe this articulates. And this particular verse encapsulates what David did over and over and over when difficulties came and troubled times, when situations presented themselves, whether it was a threat to his kingdom or a threat to his family or a threat to his own life, a threat to his leadership, a threat you know, uh, to others. What did David do? Look what the Bible says. Uh, you know, it, it, in verse 13, David wrote this. I would have lost heart. Oh, yes, he would have. Did you hear me read those 50 things that he encountered in life? And you might say, that's a lot. You've probably encountered 50 things in your life. I could probably, if I knew your whole story, if God wrote your whole story in the Bible, I imagine I could go through from your whole life and pick out 50 things that have happened to you or things that you've caused to yourself or things you've done to others. I imagine I could pick out 50 things in your life that would seemingly disqualify you from, you know, anyone wanting to follow you or, or put you on a pedestal or make a statue out of you. You know, you know, all this tearing down statues, I don't know any perfect people. Come on, get real. Get a cause worth something more than that. David shows us that he would have lost heart except for one thing. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. <laughs> and then verse 14, he says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Number one, don't lose heart. That's what David had going for him. He was a man after God's own heart, and he just refused to faint. He just refused to fall down. He refused to quit. He refused to be denied. Don't lose heart. Continue to believe like David believed, that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, and wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be, of good, be encouraged. Be of good courage. Why? Because God will yet strengthen your heart. Don't lose heart. Whatever you're going through, whatever you face, don't lose heart. Don't faint. Don't faint. No. That's what David did. He just kept trusting that he was going to see God turn these things around. He was going to continue to wait patiently on the Lord 
and let the Lord encourage him and strengthen his heart while he waited on the Lord. Don't lose heart. Okay? God bless David. You know, he went through a lot, but he teaches us a lot. And over and over and over again, he just refused to give up on the promises of God. Wait. Wait on the Lord. He'll strengthen will give you courage. Don't lose heart. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.